What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, it is episode 69 this week and we got some replay interviews for you. Some amazing female power. Oh gosh guys. That's right. Amy Rutberg from Daredevil and NCIS New Orleans and Law and & Order and so many things. And Autumn Reeser from The O.C., uh, No Ordinary Family, all the Hallmark movies. To, I guess, just the hardest working women in Hollywood, I swear, right? They, they're, like, always doing something. Yeah, seriously, seriously. And we're finally out in L.A., so we apologize on the late release. But here it is, some fantastic interviews. Let's get this thing started. Amy Rutberg, welcome inside the Crazy Inform. How are you today? Hi, guys. Hey. Oh, great. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm in uh, New York City. It's cold, as always. Oof. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm already jealous because it's like hot and muggy here, and we've already hit summer down Basically. here in the south. Oh, so, man, I yeah. would take hot and muggy. I'll trade it to you in a heartbeat. <laughs> See, I'm from. I'm in an. Yeah, I'm from New York, and so I, it's the one thing that I haven't acclimated to down here in the south is the heat. We'll never be okay with it. So, yeah, I would trade places with you in a heartbeat. <laughs> I remember getting off the uh, plane. In July, when I was filming in New Orleans in July, and I just remember like being hit with this like sauna heat. Yes, right. Yeah. It was like holy cat on a hot tin roof. Yeah, it was yeah. right. You you literally feel the weight of the humidity. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's so different no, because sure. you're from Los Angeles, and so you're used to, you know, sunny and, and, and comfortable, but boy, the humidity here, you just, I don't think you can ever get used to the humidity here. It in takes the Gulf it to South. a whole nother level. Yeah, it really oh, does. You guys are making me jealous. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cold. Oh, so we have, to th we have to let you know that we have a huge block of Daredevil fans, and they are extremely excited that you are on the show today. So oh, that's so cool! <laughs> I love the Daredevil fans. They're just the greatest fans. I've, uh, I'm so, um, yeah, I just love them. Yeah, and we've got we've got a couple of questions from them that they they asked us to ask you. So we'll be getting into that. But we also have a lot right. of listeners that are kind of new to who you are and and new to the show. So what we like to do is kind of open up with a little bit about your background. And um, so. I guess, how did you get started in the industry? Is it something that you always wanted to do, acting, or did you kind of fall into it? Or what's your background about how you got started? You know, I was one of those kids that, if you met me, it was very clear I was uh, going to go into the dramatic arts in some way. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I was just... Um, I was just a fearless kid that any opportunity to talk in front of people, sing in front of people, mm -hmm. I would take it. I remember, um, like... My mother took me to SeaWorld once. I actually tweeted about this recently. My mother took me to SeaWorld, and it was like the Shamu show. Um, and I was picked as like the kid audience, like volunteer. I, think I was probably like six or seven. Right. And, uh, you know, they you, they come up, and then they you, know, you go down there, and they say like, uh, you know, you I don't know, you have to you like raise your hand, and it makes the dolphins jump or something like that, right? Oh, yeah, yep. And then the guy at the end, he made a joke. He's like, all right. So this is like after you met the killer whale, right? And he was like, all right, so go ahead and jump on in. And I literally just started to jump in to the water. I was like, okay, that's what the audience wants. And they were, they were like, I mean, they stopped me. And they were laughing so hard. They were like, nobody has ever done that. And then, of course, um, I just figured I was such a good volunteer that they'd want me for every show. So we didn't see anything else at SeaWorld. I just made my mother, like, repeat that show over and over and over again, hoping to get picked again. And, of course, I didn't get picked again because, you know, you don't do that. You no, no, yeah. It's an opportunity. But, uh, yeah, so I think pretty early on it was clear that uh, that was that was in the cards. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. My favorite line in there is, like, it's what the audience wants. Exactly. I have to it's jump in the, the water. Look at that reaction. Stand, Mom. <laughs> 
That's great. Now, your mom actually was in the industry a little bit too. I know, I doing our research, I know that she was a model, but she also worked for Universal for a little while, right? Yeah, where did you get that? Did I say that somewhere? <laughs> We're good at our research, Amy. We're very good at wow. our research. Wow, <laughs> that's super impressive. Yeah, my mom was a um, she, yeah, she was a model, and then uh, after college, she um, she went to go work in PR, and she actually did. She's like one of the heads of publicity for Universal for a while, like before I was born. Um, but she did the Universal Amphitheater, so she handled like all the shows and the bands that came to. Uh, Universal at the time, so she's got some crazy stories. Yeah, I bet. I bet, I bet. Yeah. That yeah. Fun. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, was it? Did you want to always be involved in film and television, or I, I think we saw that you wanted to do theater? Correct. I mean, you you mentioned I did. singing. I started and dancing, as a theater so. actress. Yeah, I was doing a lot of theater as a kid. I, I did some commercials and stuff, but as a kid. You know, I was, I was always kind of mature. I was one of those, like, old soul kids. So I remember my mom would schlep me to auditions in L.A. because we lived in the suburb outside L.A. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would go in for, like, you know, like the 10-year-old with, like, the cereal box. And the casting directors would always be like, your daughter comes off like she's 16 and you really need a 10-year-old. <laughs> so that was, like, the story of my life for film and television until I hit, like, 28, and then I sort of, like, caught up to my age. Right. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I did a ton of theater. I did national tours and theater in New York, and, yeah, I, was, I did a lot of theater. That's and awesome. And we should mention you started early, right, because you were quite the overachiever in school, so you were able to get started with the, the theater pretty quick uh, in the teens because you graduated early, right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I was actually so into theater that um, my parents let me do this crazy thing where I... Uh, I took, started taking college classes when I was like 12, and wow. then, long story short, I just ended up taking so much of them and building up enough credits that I graduated from high school and and, and two years of college. I did like six years of school and two, like two wow. years of college and four years of high school. So I actually transferred to UCLA as a junior when I was, uh, when I was 15. Um, wow. But yeah, it was all, it was, it was a lot of theater stuff, and so, that I mean, was definitely the peak of my intellectual career, though, by the way. It's never gotten better than that. <laughs> I mean, you got to give yourself some credit. Your parents let you do something crazy, but you had to be, like, really, really on it and intelligent, especially for your age, to be able to achieve that. That's not easy. I can't imagine trying to do that at 12. Right. That's incredible. Well, that's very <laughs> sweet of you. I mean, I definitely had tenacity. I would say it was... 50% me and 50% crazy parents. <laughs> how, how my intelligence and how Fair enough, my, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> That's great, 50% crazy parents. And then so, unlike so many, you you went the opposite way. So many are trying to go out to L.A. You made the jump to New York. And that's what I you know. <laughs> and, and how I was know. that, going weird. from L.A. to New York? It had to be a little bit of a culture shock. Well, yeah. I mean, I was so enamored with theater. Mm -hmm. And, um, <coughs> Excuse me, there's that New York weather for you. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I uh, I was so enamored with theater, and I and when I was about 17, I booked this really cool off-Broadway show here that I came and did for a little while, and mm -hmm. then I booked a national tour of a musical, so I was on tour for like a year, and then I finished college, and then I kind of sat around L.A. for a couple of years, like going on auditions and playing a lot of poker, mm -hmm. and then I went, you know what, I think I should go give New York a a shot because, you know, that's, that's like really what my calling is, you know, mm -hmm. theater. And then funny enough, I moved to New York. Um, and then like two years later, I was mostly done doing theater and had moved into TV and film, um, which I didn't expect. I kind of always thought that I would just do Broadway musicals. Yeah. Um, but that's not the direction that it went. And I'm, I'm grateful. I mean, man, people who do Broadway shows like eight shows a week. Yeah. 
I mean, they are so impressive, but mm-hmm. it's, I mean, you're really an athlete, especially like yeah. the musical theater yeah. ones. Um, like to sing at that level, like you, you're, you're a professional athlete. Uh, so this is really the lazier thing to do, um, <laughs> <laughs> being a television actress, but in some way, but it's just as hard in some ways. It's, I would say it's, you know, it's, it's up there, but yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I definitely like, I, I definitely like what I'm doing now. Nice, nice. Well, we saw, well, you brought up uh, playing poker, and now we heard that you became a press professional poker player for a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, we use the term professional in <laughs> Like, let me put it this way. There was a period of time where the only income I had was playing poker. Oh. <laughs> I mean, at least so, you got by. I wouldn't necessarily call it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it professional. I, mean, I didn't win any major tournaments. Yeah. Um, you know, but I definitely, uh, I definitely spent a lot of time in a poker. So you weren't going head to head with Ben Affleck right. in the big tournament, <laughs> so I'm like. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wouldn't call Ben Affleck a professional poker player. Either. Oh! <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's great. I've never played in a game with Ben Affleck. I have played in a, in a lot of games with a lot of different celebrities who I will not name, but I have never played with Ben Affleck. Oh, that's I, I just love that. Though. Yeah, it's that's great. Like, he's not Daredevil either. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's not. <laughs> just a little trash just talk a little, sprinkled just in. A little, oh my goodness, that's fantastic. So let's get into Daredevil because I yeah. mean, it's, first of all, congratulations. Um, it just we were all horribly disappointed when it was canceled. Um, oh, I, know. I just it was so groundbreaking. I've been a comic book geek since birth, so uh, I was thrilled to finally see this hit and and hit the way that it did. And it's just a great time to be involved with comic books right now. And the way, to see the transition to screen, the way that it's been happening, is just phenomenal. So congratulations on being involved in that. Now I, I want to ask you though, because uh, when we talked to Royce. You know, he, everybody always talks about Marvel and their and their secrecy and their yeah. clandestine operations and everything. And he told us this great story about basically he showed up to this room like the size of a closet and he wasn't told what he was doing. And he said, just read this. And he got to do it like <laughs> once. And then he was exited out and said, thanks so much. And then, you know, found out later that, OK, hey, we think you got this. And by the way, it's Daredevil. Was it like that with you? Was it similar like that for everybody that was reading for that show? Or how did that go down for you? Oh gosh, you know, I've never heard Royce tell that story. You know, my um, my experience was, I guess, similar. I just went to the casting office of the casting director, and, and I, I had auditioned for the casting director before. Um, I got really close on uh, a big role in House of Cards the first season. Mm. I didn't oh, get. oh. Uh, yeah, I know, that was a bummer. That was one of the ones that really <laughs> sucked. Uh, I know, I got to meet David Fincher and, you know, work with him and everything, and I didn't get it. But uh, that happens, that's... That, by the way, most of my acting stories end with, I didn't get it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I went and I read, uh, I read, I didn't know what the project was. I read the scene. I think I only did it once. Um, and then, yeah, like two weeks later, I got a call that, hey, it looks like you're going to possibly book this job. And, oh, by the way, it's Marvel's first show with Netflix. And it's Daredevil. And oh, I was like, nice. the Ben Affleck movie? <laughs> yeah, it's not with Ben Affleck. I hate, I hate that Ben Affleck has suddenly become a theme of the of the podcast. Right. <laughs> Poor Ben. Uh, uh, but he's probably not listening. I think we can, I think we were probably, we were probably pretty safe with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I was so excited. I was blown away. But, yeah, I didn't get to read any scripts the first season. So I really didn't know what was going on. I, wow. I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I would have to yeah. have to tell them, like, the plot line. Wow. That's... And like Eldon barely knew, even yeah. though he got to read the script. He just didn't remember. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so that was the, uh, 
yeah, it was crazy. They were they were very secretive. Well, and this kind of leads into one of the questions that we got from uh, from somebody on Twitter because for a lot of people who don't know, Marcy isn't actually in the comic books. It was a character created for the show, mm-hmm. um, and she wanted to know if you had a lot of liberty with the with the role. Did you were you able to interject a lot into the character, or was it pretty straightforward? Like this is who we want Marcy to be, or how much control did you have uh, or input did you have in the character of Marcy? Oh, you know, I, I wouldn't say I had any control or input, um, which is not uncommon, by the way. I, that's not just a Marvel thing. I would say most of the time when you go, you know, unless it's one thing if you're sort of a, a, a one of the stars of the show, like, like Deb and Charlie and Eldon, I'm sure they had a lot of input, um, you know, but for, for the rest of us, um, we're basically just reading the lines that are on the page. I think Marcy over the years was really tailored to me and sort of tailored to my strength. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just was one of those like really lovely matches. Um, and it was, I, I, we, we don't do, um, there's, there's no like ad-libbing or anything on, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we pretty much stick to what's on the page. Like if we, if we see something that we have a question about or that we're not really sure about, you know, we, we certainly would bring it up before. We would start shooting, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, um, but but especially during season three, um, when uh, when we'd have uh, table reads, mm-hmm. um, if something didn't feel right, it was very apparent. And the writers are so good. All three seasons, I mean, the writers are just amazing. Yeah. So I-, I can only think of one time that there was a line in the table read, and I remember reading it and thinking, "Oh, I wish they would change it." And I didn't say anything about it. And then, sure enough, when I got to set, the line had been cut or changed. Mm. So like oh, it was wow. just apparent. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. So you yeah. you basically felt like because it seems like it, and and I don't know if it's just um, because of the match or just because of your skill or probably both, but it seems like you felt very comfortable in the role of Marcy. Did it feel like that to you? Did it seem like a very natural fit for you? It always did. Yeah, it was sort of. Um, yeah, it, it really was a natural fit for me. Just it, it's just sort of you know that Marcy's such about the essence and such about the attitude, and and I think that that's just something I sort of naturally bring to the work mm-hmm. um unfortunately there was a scene in episode two which would have which was actually my favorite marcy uh foggy scene which now that i guess you know we've been canceled i guess it's not i guess i can talk about it. but there was this great scene between the two of us mm-hmm. um that sort of established our relationship for season three and they cut it oh. uh which at first i was so bummed about because um, it was one of my favorite scenes that we shot. Right. But then I really thought about it in the context of the show. And first of all, they had so much amazing stuff. And they had so mm-hmm. many good characters. I mean, and I, and I kept thinking, I was like, oh, God, if that, that f- four or five minutes would have taken away. Like, what, what would you have cut right. from that episode, right. you know, and put there instead? And I guess they felt like they probably just didn't need it, like, to establish the really, you know, I guess they just felt like they didn't need it or, you know, who knows. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, other than that, everything we shot always aired. You know, and lines were never cut. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes, I shouldn't even say often, like most of the time when you do a TV show, what you're shooting is vastly different than what ends up appearing on absolutely. the screen. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I got to yeah. say, I loved the progression between Marcy and Foggy. Yeah. I think oh, you yeah. and Eldon had such a chemistry. Seriously. And I'm really bummed because oh. I was kind of hoping that we were going to see it go even further in season four. Yeah. Uh, I mean, clearly by the really, end of I was really, really hoping for that. I know, I know. And I think I think we would. I mean, it's just, just my opinion, but we. I think we would. I mean, there's really two directions to go with Marcy and yeah. Foggy, which is either they get married or she, or she dies. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, well, one of those two major things I think would have happened. Hell yeah. yeah. I just love how, the, the, the first, like, the whole foggy bear thing and just, like, how she's totally in control, but she loves him to death. It's yeah. like, you're going to do what I want you to do, but I love you to death. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it, yeah. it was just like, yeah, it just, I thought their relationship and the chemistry was fantastic. And yeah. also, well, e- even more than that, like, I just really enjoyed the, the character depth in Marcy's. She seems like a very surface person, and then it really showed at the end of season one when she was so instrumental in the whole, you know, the break, the, what what's the word I'm trying to, the bust, the whole bust of all the criminals and yeah. everything like that. It really showed, you know, just a whole nother level of her. And I, that's when I really started to really enjoy the character of Marcy. I was like, okay, there's a lot more going on here mm-hmm. that behind that totally. tough exterior. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I thought it was such a good character. Very, uh, very three-dimensional, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I loved it. To your credit, I, th- I, th- yeah, I think definitely. that's vastly uh, uh, due to your skill and your interpretation of the character without doubt. Um, oh, it's partially, but it's also the writing. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll take the compliment, <laughs> she says. 50-50, right? 50-50. Right? Yeah, our jobs are really easy when the writing is good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to get into your, your skill in a little bit here. With I want to talk about Law & Order SVU in a little bit, but uh, I think we got another question from Twitter. Yeah, we do. Uh, a fan asked, if season four were to happen... What character would you like to have more scenes with other than Foggy? Oh, oh gosh. Um, That's a tough well, one, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess my life dream, would, I would love to have a scene with Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, yeah. If we're just playing this hypothetical game, then, yeah. like, you know, for, yeah, forget it. I can say whoever I want, right? Exactly. So, I guess Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, I think, um, I, you know, I got to work with Deb a little bit in season one in, in our first scene, and then, and then um, you know, Deb's a good friend of mine, so I, I would always have enjoyed like a Karen Mar. I think Karen and Marcy in season four. I mean, mm. if I were writing it, I think they would have been friends. Yeah, so, like, I can see friends. that. They, they sort of insinuated that. Yeah. Um, I think this season that that was happening. Yeah. But I think it would have been nice to show like a strong alliance between the two of them. And Absolutely. Karen needs a girlfriend too. She needs a, a gal pal to yeah. like right? deal with all this yeah. stuff with. <laughs> I just imagine like Marcy always trying to take her like shopping or whatever. Yeah. And, like, rolling her eyes, and then suddenly it's a totally different show. Oh, and that'd be great. Like, you know? Exactly. <laughs> well, there's a couple of yeah. ideas. Here's a, here's a couple. One, I think I thought a musical episode would have been brilliant. Oh my goodness. Right? Oh, now that we know your musical background, how awesome would have that been? I could just totally see that go down oh man and two that's, that's super fantasy yeah <laughs> right. and two and doing our research we saw this great clip with you to actually talking about vincent and halloween yeah and you know kingpin yeah. has a kid so i it was just, like the first time y'all met or something uh, yeah so further right. down the line marcy and foggy show up at kingpin and vanessa's door right with the sun, and you're in your full suit i love it <laughs> we're all friends it's a dream sequence it's just what it's like it's like in season three when they did one episode that was all Deb's backstory. We'll just have yes. one episode that's a whole dream sequence. Absolutely. Yes. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, hilarious. that would be funny. So let's well. talk about the Save Daredevil campaign because, as you mentioned at the top, the, the Daredevil fans are just, I mean, top-notch. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they started this online campaign that's just taken off massively worldwide. Uh, and, and the, I mean, all of you guys have been wonderful because you all have gotten behind it uh, and signed on to it and made appearances for it and everything. Um, how 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 incredible is that? What what's that feel like as an actor to be involved in a project where people are so connected and so involved with it that they would make this movement to try to save it? I'm I'm just beyond touched. I mean, it really it really um, you know, it was so sad and so shocking when the show got canceled, um, and so. To have this just like outpour, this outpour of affection from the fans, um, 
I mean, it really just it made the process so much better mm-hmm. and so much easier. And I'm just so grateful. I mean, the 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 the, the the people who love Daredevil and the Save Daredevil and, and, and everyone who's who 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 tweets at me, who comments on my Instagram page, like I mean, I, I just I really think I will never have another experience like this in my career. I mean, you know, I'm knocking on wood, it would be great to have another one. But um I just I'm I'm very aware of how lucky uh we are to, you know, to have had this sort of connection with the fans. Yeah. It really seems like the whole group of the Daredevil cast and behind the scenes are just like a tight-knit family almost so it's really cool to hear you guys talk about that and especially reach out to the fans and interact with them too well we were and you know i mean daredevil was part of this sort of marvel um family but also you know we we did three seasons over like five years i mean mm. it's a long time yeah. yeah um so yeah yeah if you're you're right um everyone really really liked each other everyone was friendly and close I mean there was no I mean it's just a nice group of people there's no attitudes there's no like stories from behind the scenes of like so and so blah 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 like that right. doesn't exist on the show it's right just, wow. you know, well and yeah. we were talking about as well if Daredevil was to come back in another form on Hulu we were talking about maybe as an animated series try to get all you guys to voice your char- characters as an anime series but I was also thinking that you guys looked like such a tight-knit group, so would you be open to coming back for at least voicing some characters? I would be open to anything having to do with Daredevil. Nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You, you just go ahead, and, you go ahead and suggest it, and I will say yes. Awesome. As long <laughs> as it's fantastic. legal. Yes. We'll be sure to tell everybody. That's right. Now, that brings <laughs> yeah. up another question, though. We saw that uh, Eric Olson, uh, showrunner, just signed a new deal with Amazon. Uh, for two yeah. years. I mean, uh, would you guys... Uh, so, well, we know your answer now, but uh, uh, how do you guys feel about moving forward if Disney and Marvel were able to get around this whole thing with Netflix and allow you guys to continue um, without Eric? I mean, how do you guys feel about that? We, I mean, are, are you okay coming back with another showrunner? Or? You know, it's just... It's hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many moving pieces that go into... Uh, you know, reviving a show. I mean, it's, you know, it's unfortunate. It's not like, like you, we've heard these stories about these like network shows mm-hmm. that get canceled. Right. And then, I mean, I can't think of the name of the shows off the top of my head, but then like, um, somebody comes in and picks it up right away mm-hmm. or the, the, the network changes their mind and they bring it back. Right. Um, you know, because the fan outpouring. Um, but I think this situation is just complicated because, you know, Netflix didn't cancel it. At least I don't think from everything I've read, and, and I don't I don't really know anything that you guys don't know to mm-hmm, be honest. Mm-hmm. So, so but I, I did. You, there was a Forbes article that said um, that Daredevil was something like the fourth most watched show on Netflix. Right, uh, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, either the fourth or the fifth. But if that's true, like let's let's just go ahead and say that's true, yeah. right? Like that's not why they canceled the show. It no. wasn't because of lack of. Um, you know, viewers. Right. Right, Yeah. So, um, and I do, and I do know that like we've heard, you know, that they, that they do uh, like have rights to the property for a while. Mm -hmm. Have you, had you guys heard that too? Right. Yeah. Yeah, For like two two years years that they can't appear anywhere else for two years. Yeah. We've heard that. Yeah. I don't know the details and I don't know the time span, but but yes, I have heard something along the lines of that. Um, so the, the idea that if it were to happen, that everyone involved would be available after that period of time. It would be rough. 
you know, it's probably just not realistic. Yeah. Um, so, so, in, so to answer your first question, Eric Olson's amazing. He is, like, as far as I'm concerned, he's just a writing god. And I am so excited to see what he does next. Um, but, you know, if, uh, I think that everyone is totally, would be totally open, you know, if, if Daredevil has a life somewhere else, I think yeah. people would be open if they're available. And, you know, you just got to roll with the punches if somebody's not, you know, I don't yeah. know what that will look like or Absolutely. if it, right. you well, know, like who knows, that's you know? kind of where an animated option would be better in some ways, you know, is that, I mean, it's kind of easier to work around schedules with voice acting than, you know, more so yeah. than right. in person. So this is the first that I've, I've heard of that idea, but, um, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, you, you brought up and we talk about it a lot in our industry news section. I, I feel like it's unfortunate for people like yourself and the people involved with the show and, and even behind the scenes and below the line with the crew and, and stuff so yeah. that, that it see it would appear that Netflix made the decision because of Disney getting ready to ramp up and start their own streaming service. And it seems to be more along the lines of a, of a business decision, you know, in response to another company's. And that's so unfortunate for the people like yourself that are involved in this project right. who, who really aren't involved with any of that. Exactly. And you're just enjoying a good run and a good show. And the fans are enjoying it and watching it. So to have it kind of end the way it did, it, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, we were shocked. I mean, even even after Luke, Luke and Iron Fist got um, canceled, mm-hmm. there was still no doubt in my mind that Daredevil would go into a season four. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. And then after Daredevil got canceled, I don't think any of us were surprised that, you know, Jessica and Punisher got yeah. um, canceled. But, um, yeah, you know, this this whole um, marriage between Netflix and Marvel has employed so many people in New York over the past five years. Oh, I, mean, I can't even tell you. Like, it's been so amazing for production. So, yeah, it's sad all around. And, and you know, I, I don't know if we'll ever know the full story of what happened, right. um, of why Netflix did. Maybe it was because of the Disney streaming service. Maybe it was just too expensive. You know, this was one of the first deals they made. Um you know, for shows, I mean, because Daredevil was, was like early on in Netflix. Yeah, and, sure was. You know, short history of, uh, you know, their, their short history of their kingdom. Yeah. And um, so, you know, maybe it was a money thing. Like, I just, you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's an point. point, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, you bring up New York, because you have been, you, you have done a lot of uh, New York productions as well. Uh, Law and yeah. Order, The Good Wife, uh, so, much, so much of the stuff that's, that, that's shot in that area. Um, I want to bring up uh, the SVU appearance uh, that you recently did. I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal. I think one of the hardest things for an actor to do is act without saying anything. And I feel like 75% of your uh, performance there, you didn't say a word until you got on the stand, you know, three quarters of the way through the show. And uh, it was all physical. It was the, the looks on your face or the, or the movement of your body. And I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal the way you pulled that off. Well done. I really, really appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, you know, that was a really, uh, so, uh, you know, like you said, I, I have done so many shows in New York and, um, you know, Law and Order has been around 20 years, right? Right. So when I first came to New York as a young child, <laughs> I remember taking meetings with the casting director um, and like reading for, you know, like kind of small parts on the show and, you know, not getting them, like not even getting past casting. And then, you know, all these years later, I mean, that wasn't 20 years ago, but that was like, let's say 15 years ago, right? Right. Um, and then um, all these years later, you know, they just called and, and offered me this part. Um, and so it was really neat to see sort of like what's happened, you know, because I've done so many other shows, 
I'm at the point where, you know, sometimes you just, you know, you, you just get offered stuff. Um, and I was so excited to do it. And they were like, listen, it's, you know, just so you know, it's only like this kind of one scene where you speak, but you're really like, they were like talking me into doing it. Right. And I'm like, guys, guys, you had me at hello. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I want to do it. I want to go work with Mariska. Like, it's cool. Paul yeah. Oh, yeah. Playing, the, playing my lawyer. I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> So no, it was a really, that was a, a really interesting process oh, yeah. and, a, well, and a, like a unique episode for the show. It's like totally different from what they normally do. Oh yeah, absolutely. To see them down in the, in, in the recess area of the court, just going at each other and like said, yeah, really different. Uh, I know. So, it was like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? It was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great it explanation. Was, yeah. That's it was quite the, it was quite, it was quite the night of television, I thought. Oh, yeah. I, I thought so. I've been a fan since the get-go with Law & Order. So, yeah, it, it was fun uh, to see. Great. Fun to see. So yeah. uh, we definitely want to talk about NCIS New Orleans because, uh, like I said, we're right outside of New Orleans. I spent uh, the majority of my life in New Orleans, so real familiar with the area. Um, and I, I was I was doing our research. I saw you, you seem to be a pretty big fan of NOLA. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it down there. How could you I not be? Exactly, right? It, it's just the yeah. most unique city I think I've ever been in, honestly. It is. It's amazing. It's great to visit. That set is just the nicest people in show business. Um, so for me, that's like a dream job. I mean, when they when they called me and asked me to come back for season uh, five, I was like over the moon. Yeah. I was just yeah. yeah I just get to eat. I get to I get to act. I get to wear pretty clothes. I mean, I'm just in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's so the best job ever. I've got to I've got to bring it up because you know yeah. I have to know what's your favorite New Orleans cuisine because yeah, the food is to die for down there. So what, what's your favorite New Orleans meal? So I love fish. Um, mm. and so I'm, I always go to places with great seafood, like, you know, like passion, you know, I, I'm, I'm into seafood, but my favorite, I actually do have a, a favorite dish and it's at, uh, it's at Emeralds, it's the stuffed oysters at Emeralds oh, yeah. and the barbecue <laughs> shrimp at Emeralds. Mm. So every time I'm down there, I try to make once, so I, I remember going there with a group of people and having it, and like you know how you have appetizers in a group of people, and you, and you have like one bite or one oyster, mm. and you're like, yeah. oh my god, this is amazing. Then the next trip, I went back by myself, like I just decided to go sit at the bar at Emeralds and order those two things. <laughs> yeah, they're so rich, like you're not meant to eat the whole thing by yourself. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> like I had such a stomach. I mean, nothing to do with like the quality of the food, but just like the richness. Yeah. So right. I learned my lesson: only go to Emeralds with you know another person. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm actually going next month. I turn 30, uh, which I'm struggling with. (laughs) And uh, um, so I'm going to go and spend just like one night in New Orleans and go to the Audubon and Sectarian and all that. And uh, I was actually trying to think of places to go eat. And that's a really great idea. I love shrimp and fish, too. So I'm going to keep that in mind. I might just have to take a... Amy Rutberg recommendation right. there. And, <laughs> oh, and go yeah, have, I, love it. I mean, but there's so many good restaurants. I, mean, I know. It's, it's never ending. That's oh. why never it's so ending. hard. That's why I've been struggling with it. It's so tough. But that's a really good recommendation. Mm. I'm going to keep that in mind. So were you scared of well, the... happy birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> were you scared of the mud bugs and crawfish, or, or did you just jump right into that? No, nah, I just jumped right in. There, there you go. go. There I live in New York. Go. It's hard to scare me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have, like, we have, like, mice and rats. <laughs> Good, <laughs> point. Like Good point. Good so point. I was in South Africa over the holidays with my family and we're in Cape Town, which is like this beautiful city. And I remember we walked into a restaurant, like with a group of people to get some dessert. And one of the women we were with, like, was looking up on the wall and there were like, I don't know if they were like cockroaches, some sort of bugs that were on Ugh. the wall. And she's like, you guys, 
we have to leave. We can't stay here. Look, <laughs> you know, there's like cockroaches. And my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, yeah, so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. That is so funny. That is so funny. So what do you have coming up? What, what, what can we expect to see from you in the future? If you're allowed to talk about anything, I know how that goes. By the way, I also saw a really great yeah. quote from you, which I thought it, oh. it's kind of a trend uh, amongst a lot of our, our guests that we have on. But I just I think it really sticks out. I loved how you said that acting is only 20% of your job. The rest of it is like auditioning. Or you know, I, I just thought that was a really good quote because we hear that a lot. You know that that, and you said it in in this interview really that, yeah. that most of the time it ends with not getting it. Yeah, professional and, um, auditioners. Yeah. Yes, it's true. It's true. Yeah, twenty percent of it is actually acting, and the rest of it is the rest of it is yeah, it's auditioning. It's mm-hmm. hustling. Yeah. yeah, and being persistent and, and not giving up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what can we expect? Uh, what do you have coming up in the future? Well, you know, um, I'm going back to New Orleans. I don't think I can officially say that. What I'm doing in New Orleans, but I guess it's fairly obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be spending April in New Orleans, um, yeah. and uh, then after that, I don't know. You know, with our acting, you know, with the, with these jobs, we don't really know too far in advance what's yeah. happening. Like, I literally um, was just uh, auditioning for something that would be like. And, and by the way, I, I have you know this is. I, I, I just auditioned for something that would like start filming like the day after tomorrow oh. and like yesterday I didn't have that audition and today I did and so like you know by tomorrow my plans could like totally change right. wow yeah. but it's uh, but but I do know I'm, go- I'm going to be in New Orleans in uh, April which I'm really looking forward to so a certain of a angel of death return maybe wink wink I don't know I didn't say that you know maybe no, we're going no, to do another not. show that shoots you know Claws shoots in New Orleans that's true, true. and um, uh, Preacher Preacher, yeah, yeah. Preacher, and uh, what's the one based on the scary movies where you get to kill someone one day a year? (laughs) Oh, Oh, the purge. The purge. The purge shoots there. So you know, I could be doing any of those shows. You sure could be. You sure could be. Totally could. I would love to see you on any of those shows. That'd be pretty awesome. Cloak and Dagger. (laughs) Cloak and Dagger. Oh my gosh. Yeah, (laughs) Marcy should show up on Cloak and Dagger. Logan, well, yeah, I I love that idea. Often do they? They don't. You don't. You, once you're like in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you just play that part, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. But hey, lawyers travel, right? I mean, you could come down and investigate something in New Orleans. I totally see that. I, mean, <laughs> I just feel like they should use like there's no, because I'm not in the comics. Like there's no reason not to use Mercy in another franchise. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Exactly. Let's, let's start that yeah. campaign. Okay. We'll figure yeah. out let's a hashtag. We'll get it let's started. Do the Save Marcy campaign. <laughs> <laughs> save Marcy. Save Marcy. Marcy <laughs> and Noah. Has a fancy new job. Let's just do Save Marcy. <laughs> That's right. Let's just make it Marcy everywhere. (laughs) That's hilarious. So, well, how we like to usually end up the show uh, is to, we have a lot of people that are uh, listening that are trying to get into the industry or maybe have aspirations of getting into the industry. So we always like to ask our guests, what advice would you give to someone who's trying to become an actor in the industry or or theater um, and maybe some pitfalls that they should maybe look out for or avoid trying to get into? Oh, I love this topic. So I'll, I'll just give you a couple things that in no particular order as they come to my head. Um, studying, uh, having an acting technique is always helpful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're like a young person, um, use any opportunity you can to act, to learn how to be a better actor, to take acting classes, all that stuff. But I think that the most, 
valuable thing that you can be doing as somebody who wants to be getting into the entertainment industry, whether it's acting or directing or writing, is creating your own content. I can't stress that enough. It's the golden age of television. People need content. Meet other people who are who, who will collaborate with you. Like, if you're an actor and you're, like, a little bit funny, like, go hook up with a writer who's a lot funny and write Exactly. <laughs> And, nice. and it's so easy to do now with the, I mean, with the iPhone, the capability yeah. now that you have to create your yeah. own content. Yeah, that's and, great. And advice. I mean, to yeah. introduce yourself don't, to other don't actors. Don't do it the traditional way that I did, which is just going on audition after audition after audition. Create your own content. Exactly, exactly. And it's so easy yeah. to find other actors in your area, I mean, with social media nowadays. Yes. That's true. Yes, yeah. I, absolutely. So that's my, um, and, 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 you know, if things are slow or things aren't happening, like just keep writing. Exactly. Do things that you're in control of. You're in control of, of your computer and your mm-hmm. hands and your brain. Yep. You know? Wow, that's I love that. really yeah, great advice. That is great <laughs> advice. And you are active. I, I will say you're very active on social media. Yeah. Uh, very active with the fans and very active yourself just posting and sharing. You do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, so it is a great tool. I mean, like Logan said, it is a great tool these days to, to get yourself out there. Oh, yeah. And I say, and also, yeah, that, that's another piece of advice, too. You know, I think um, social media has just become so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, try to recognize your brand, like, early on. Um, yeah. you know, like what is it that you give that nobody else gives? And then, you know, sort of try to do your, your socials and, and practice it that way. Yeah. You know, that's, a, um, yeah. I love that. I do yeah. too. Well, I think the key word is their brand. Exactly. You have yeah. to realize that if you're going to try to get into this industry, you be it brand an actor yourself. or a director, you are a brand. Yeah. Exactly. So totally, totally yeah. great advice. Totally. Great advice. So, okay, well, let's tell everybody where they can find you. You, Like we said, you are very active, and you are on Instagram and Twitter. So tell everybody the handles that they can find you at. Yeah, I'm on, at Amy Rutberg on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and I read everything that, that you guys post on my page. So uh, if, you, if you comment, I read it. Um, and so, yeah, definitely give me a shout awesome. and, um, I'll continue to post on other projects and I'm always digging up old, old daredevil photos. So you never know <laughs> nice. when like a always. new one's going to come out. Always. That's I'm awesome. always doing that. I, I definitely keep some in the vault, like, you know, to just like, you know, to, to give definitely. out. But, um, but yeah, uh, you guys are such a delight. Like really, you guys are so sweet and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the research you did on me and, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Really, that's like that's really heartwarming, and um, I, I really, really appreciate it. And I and I appreciate you guys reaching out to the Save Dare, Daredevil fans, and you know, um, you know, they should just know. Like, obviously, I don't know anything that's, I don't, I don't have any more information than everyone else does, but I do know, and I, I've said this before. Like, your voice matters. Like the Absolutely. social media stuff posting, it does not go unnoticed. That I know for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. and kudos to you and the entire cast, honestly, because you guys do such a wonderful job of interacting with your fans, yeah. which is why I think the fan base is the way it is for you all. Um, and, I, you know, unfortunately these days you don't see a lot of people do that. So the fact that you guys take the time to do that, and as you said, you guys actually read everything and you interact with your fans, and that's just a wonderful thing to see. And, and so kudos to you for that. Yeah. Oh, and just one more plug, you know, um, speaking of Daredevil, because I just happened to see it two nights ago. I don't know if you guys have watched, I don't know if, guys, if you guys are into D&D or if any of your um, listeners are into D&D, but Deb's show that she created, The yes. Relics and Rarities, it's really cool. Yeah, are you going to it? No, well, no, they already filmed it, um, uh-huh. and my, 
My Dungeons and Dragons skills are are very um, novice. Um, I've just played with Deb and like our little Daredevil group a few times. Uh-huh. But it was so fascinating to see her in her element and to see her doing her thing with people who are really good at it. Yeah. It was like really cool. Oh yeah, wow. the, the Kevin Smith episode is is fantastic. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really it's really worth a watch if you're even remotely interested in D anD D, or if you just like Deborah Ann Wall. And who doesn't fall into one of those two categories? Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. At least one or the other. It's like a Venn diagram. You know. <laughs> right? Can't tell. You can't tell Amy's mom was in PR at all, can you? (laughs) I think some of that rubbed off a little bit. (laughs) Well, and listen, just thank you so much. We appreciate all the kind words you had for us. But listen, we we are so appreciative that you came on the show and uh, spent some time talking to us. And we were really excited about it. And you delivered. You have just been an absolute gem to talk to today. Uh, for sure. You guys are sweet. And listen, hit me up if you if you want me to come back in a few months if I've got some other cool projects to talk about or whatever. Feel free to hit me up anytime. Got Absolutely. you. We, we, we would love that. Maybe even do it in person. I mean, you know, since we're so close to New Orleans, who knows how things work out, but we would love to you do that. You never know. And hey, you maybe I'll know. see you next month uh, at Emeralds and we'll, you know, eat some <laughs> fish true. and, and uh, barbecue hey, shrimp. If you see me, David, if you see me next 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 month at Emeralds, you come up to me. I will buy you a drink. I will be on the lookout. We can share the stuffed oysters. Okay. Nice. Well, listen, stay warm since it's cold up there. I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, You have a great rest of the week, and we will definitely be in touch soon. Thanks, guys. All the best, really. Thanks so much. Thank Thank you. You You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello. Hi, Dustin. Hey, Autumn. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. First of all, let me just say thank you for joining. We know you're really, really busy with rehearsals and everything going on, so we appreciate you really taking the time to talk to us today. You're welcome, of course. Well, and officially, I guess uh, this is the official welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Yeah. So. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me say this first of all. Uh, You've been killing it lately. I mean, we've been talking and we've been getting ready for the show and, and get doing the research. And of course, we're all huge fans anyway, so we know. But I mean, you ended 2018 with uh, your last Hallmark movie, which was the highest rated show on cable on the night that it premiered, mm-hmm. like 2.4 million yeah. viewers. Yeah. Then you made your directorial debut uh, in New York with the musical reading of uh, City of Light, which was awesome. You starred in the hottest scripted podcast in the country. America 2.0, and now you're like kicking off 2019. You did your second directing, right, with uh, a musical reading of Modern, right? I think it was. You got the Hallmark movie coming out, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. And you're headed back to the stage in an acting role, right? Busy lady. Correct. Exactly. I'm on my way to rehearsal right now. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of been nonstop now that I think about it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we're all just huge fans here. And to see the success that you've been having, it's just been awesome. Thank you. It's really, it feels really good. I feel very creatively excited right now. And um, that doesn't always happen. And so it's it's nice to be in, in that place in life. Absolutely. And, you know, it's one of the things we talk about here, too. And then we're going to obviously we want to talk all about the upcoming projects. But I think that one of the things that really resonates well with all of our listeners, because in case you didn't know, we have a ton of Autumn Reacher fans who listen to the show. They're like more than excited that you're on right now. Um, They it, it I think it's for the same reasons that we're all huge fans. When you are so inspirational, your posts and and you're you're huge on social media on Instagram, and I feel like you, when you hit these strides that you're hitting and and you're in a happy place and you share these stories of of what you're going through and how you're getting, I think it's so inspirational for the people that follow you. 
Um, and, and you kind of like, Hey, if you're having a bad day, it's okay. It's going to d- do this and that. I, I think that plays a huge part into why you have such a huge fan base. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel really good. Yeah, I, I think it's, a, you know, I think that I'm always sharing what I'm going through, you know, like if I'm having a hard day, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll post something motivational because I need to be motivated. <laughs> like if, I, if I need to be motivated, there's gotta be other people out there who need it today too. You know, we're all part of a, the same collective. So. Absolutely. And again, I I just, I really appreciate, and I know, I know everybody like that you're so real. Cause I mean, you know, people, I got to assume like, well, if Autumn's going through it, then it's okay for me to go through it. You are a genuine real person. And I feel like that, that again, resonates so well with, with your fans. Yeah. Very much a people person. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think that's why Hallmark is such a perfect fit. Let's, I mean, let's, let's, let's jump into this. Mm -hmm. Uh, your eighth, film for hallmark i mean that that's crazy first yeah. of all eight films i know eight i can't <laughs> believe it it's so exciting yeah my goal is to get, get to at least 10 that's my goal there you that's go. your goal i i think i think you got it because if uh, <laughs> at least from the fans we've heard from like if you don't do a follow-up to a country wedding things are going to get ugly i just i just I, I'm know. <laughs> I let me let me let me tell you i've taken that idea to hallmark and uh there was a positive response so that's what I'm hoping to see happen as well. Oh, that would be incredible. And I'll tell you what, I mean, that seems to be the favorite amongst people. So I think, man, I'm excited for it. I I can tell you that. Um, Your last one was fantastic, though. Season for Love. Like I said, it was the the most watched program uh, on its premiere night. And it just like it was booming. And it was it was really fun. First of all, it made reference to the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys <laughs> fan, so <laughs> so I was loving it right there. Great, uh, but yeah, it, it just and this one has a kicking theme too, right? Coming out, uh, the, it, it has yeah. a kicking theme as well. Yeah, in the one this summer, I was a chef, and in this one, I am not a chef. I don't cook. I just work in the food business, and Cabin is the chef. Right, and it's um, called uh, Love on the Menu, right? Yes, it used to have a different title, so I was like, "What is it called now?" It's called now called Love on the Menu. Yes, awesome. And so you're like, uh, I hope I get this right. And you could correct me if not, but you're like this corporate raider type person who wants to like use his food in like a frozen food empire. Is that right? Something along those lines. Yeah. So I I work at a frozen food company. I think I'm the head of product development, and my job is to come up with like new ideas to keep. To keep frozen foods hot. Ha ha. Wink, wink. Um, and, um, and there's a chef. I think it takes place in Seattle. And there's a chef, Hank Daniels, whose food I like. And I come up with this idea, like, let work with him to develop recipes that freeze well, that people can make at home. And so I approach him to go into business with me. We find out his... Um, his restaurant isn't doing so well. And so we start working together to get the restaurant up and running and to develop these products. And then of course we fall in love along the way. Because, of course, of course yeah. it's a Hallmark movie. If you didn't, it wouldn't be a Hallmark movie, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Well, and you said, uh, did you, he wrote this one, right? He did. Yeah. Which is really cool. Now he's on a Hallmark show, is he not? So he's got a huge following of people coming, yes. right? Yeah, he's on one called The Heart. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we know we got plenty of Hardies. I've yeah. seen the hashtag everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, when you were coming on the show, it was like Hallmarkies, Hardies, and Westies, or um, Chessies were all <laughs> everywhere. So, um, I love it. Yeah, I mean, you're huge on Hallmark, and I'm pretty sure you're aware, but, I mean, you have, like, this massive Hallmark following, yeah. so that's a good thing. It's 
happy yeah. that people like these movies that we're doing. I'm well, really and happy. I wanted to talk a little bit about that too, because Hallmark itself has had just this massive growth over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's success in the cable industry has been huge it, yeah. from year to year. Yeah. It's, it's in the top 15. Yeah. Um, the, the countdown to Christmas is the only cable channel that's seen growth year over year. Yeah. Um, some films are bigger than, uh, some sports channel viewers. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I think that has a lot to do with, because I, I think I saw Mr. Abbott say once that he bills Hallmark now as the happy place. Yeah. Like, and with all of the stuff and turmoil and kind of stuff that we're going on within society today in the world today, this is a place you can come and you're just going to find happy, uplifting, good stuff. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, so so much of the way that the news works is on fear, is on watching, you know, making mm-hmm. us afraid of each other and yeah. making us afraid to live in the world. And I think that we're we're oversaturated with that. And you can turn on Hallmark, and there's not you're not going to get triggered by something. You're going to be soothed. You're going to get to just like take a breath, like from life. Life can be pretty hard. It can, and you can be. Go to Hallmark and just like. You know, have a glass of wine or a cup of tea and sit down with anybody in your family and be able to just be for a couple hours. And I think that's really valuable in today's day and age. There's so much uncertainty and negativity out there. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think you you nailed it. You can sit down with your family because there's not a whole lot of family entertainment no. these days where you could just anybody, you know, mm-hmm. it's young right. girls, young boys, husband, wives, who can all just sit together and enjoy something. I mean, so it, it's really nice to be able to have that outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I mean, you're killing it. Like I said, eight of them. So, I mean, yeah, I exactly. guess people like you. Few. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just, uh, a just a few, a few. just a few yeah Although it's, so, it's so funny um because i cut my hair finally earlier this year i've done two of these movies with my hair short and my hairstylist was at um a hair convention in i want to say like iowa or something and he was taking questions from the audience and one of the ladies raised her hand and was like are you the one that cut autumn racer's hair <laughs> <laughs> she's like i watch hallmark and i want her hair long again oh, oh my man. gosh so, I don't know, people have opinions on that. For the they, most part, I've gotten really positive feedback. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. All the comments that I always see is everybody saying how much they love the short hair, yeah. but apparently not. Not everybody. <laughs> that's, I know. They, they wait until my hairstylist travels, and then they're just going to, like, you know, throw it out there. Right. Yeah, yeah. attack him. <laughs> I, I, I love it, though. You, you've kind of changed up your whole look, not just the hair, but the, the style. And, like, I, I think it just reflects the change you're kind of going through in life, and you can see it making its progression throughout. And I, I think it's a fantastic thing. Thank you. So, okay, you're you're getting ready to hit the stage again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really, really... I don't think I've done... I mean, I do Thrilling Adventure Hour where we would... Um, you know, we have stage performances, but they're more like concert readings where you're holding your script the mm-hmm. whole time. Right. Yeah. And it's minimal rehearsal and it's a great opportunity to get back on stage, but it's completely different than... Um, than doing a full run of a play. And I think it's been like 15 years. I grew up in theater, but I have been so focused on film and television and uh, starting a family that it it was not a possibility to, you know, take take multiple months out of my schedule to do that. Right. um, Until now, I feel like life's starting to settle down a little bit. My boys are five and seven. Like I have a little bit more of the space um, to do that. And Mm -hmm. it's been really really fulfilling really challenging um but really fulfilling 
Well, that's good. And it's called Too Much Sun, right? And uh, so, yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's exciting because so yeah. it is a play. It's not a musical. It's a play. It's a play. It's um, it's a Nikki Silver play that had its premiere in New York off Broadway, oh, nice. um, like about three three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then there was some stuff that went on where they um were gonna go to Broadway and then they didn't, and so it hasn't been performed since and Mm -hmm. we were lucky enough to get the rights to it for the west coast premiere so this is the the first time i think that it's being performed since i want to say like 2014 at at an equity theater oh wow that's awesome and it's got it's got a pretty good run it's going to run all through march and uh half through april right yeah at the odyssey theater in la Awesome. And and uh, towards the end, we're going to tell everybody where they can find you and, of yes. course, to watch the movie tomorrow night. Of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> um, you, you brought up Thrilling Adventure Hour, which, by the way, anybody who doesn't know, you should go definitely listen to that. Yeah. Uh, she plays Amelia Earhart, and it's fantastic. Battling Nazis, all different kinds of stuff. Yeah, right. Like, it, it's really entertaining. But um, I wanted to bring that up because of America 2.0. This It seems like a scripted podcast type thing is it, huge right yeah. now. Everybody's trying to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. And I think you guys struck gold with America 2.0. Yeah. Um. That that was like the hottest thing going for like ever. Yeah. Um. By the way, JS says hi. Yes, JS says Aww, hi. <laughs> I love him. He's such a good guy. He is. He saw that we were interviewing. He's like, oh, be sure to tell her I said hi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so congrats on that, though. I mean, I, in the whole political climate and everything yeah. that's kind of going on, it was so refreshing to see something political that you could actually listen to and get behind and not get angry yeah. with. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because it wasn't about taking sides. It was about telling. A, a story of mm-hmm. like hope and possibility and it wasn't um it wasn't partisan mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and so we we have to ask i mean and we were so lucky enough to come out to la and see you guys at the america 2.0 premiere and everything and that was incredible um everybody involved with that project is just like the nicest people yeah ever. seriously um, and promote each other like crazy i know you're like number five i think of the america 2.0 yeah. that we've had on the show um so that's pretty awesome it. But um, what I want to say is I, I think everybody's kind of hoping for a sequel because, you know, it was pretty popular. And I, I would love to see it as a TV show, yeah, honestly, honestly, as a series. So, yeah. I mean, would you be on board with that? <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, the people always ask me things like, if they rebooted the OC, would you do it? I'm always like, I'm, I'm up for anything. That's kind of like the exciting thing about my career. I never mm-hmm. know what's happening. I, I couldn't tell you if they are going to make it into a TV series or not. Um, but uh, you know, given, given the right set of circumstances, most things I'm like, yeah, sure. But you know, we'd have to see if, if they make it and they're like, Oh, but we're shooting it in, I don't know, somewhere very far away over Christmas. Then mm. maybe I would say no. Right. Like, you never know. <laughs> like, listen, there's that priority thing again. Exactly. So yeah, you know, exactly. that, and that's good. That's a great thing though. I can't imagine Seth without his chief of yeah, staff though. You exactly. gotta, you gotta, they need, they need to make that work if they do move forward with it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's gotta be there. Uh, yeah. Oh, she was. She's, and plus, I want to know what's going on with the reporter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they kind of put that out there, and we yeah, got to know. Like, mm. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. You, you've been doing a lot of work. I mentioned that you made your uh, directorial debut, so you, you've kind of moved behind the camera a little bit too. How was that? What was that like? Were you ex- and and now we know you're pitching to Hallmark, yeah. so that's good. Could we see you maybe doing some behind the scenes stuff with Hallmark as well, behind the camera? Sure, I would definitely be open to that. That's uh, directing for me is a long term goal. It, um, it's you know, there's a lot that goes into it that um, yeah. that I'm in the learning process of at this point. I'm not like trying to push that really hard right now because because I do have so many commitments as an actor and as a parent. 
too. So, um, but that's, yeah, that's a goal of mine for sure. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up, the, the parent, because I, th- I think that's, what, again, why you have a lot of fans. Uh, it, I mean, you are so inspirational, so many women, because you're out there and you're just killing it. You, you, never once does it appear like you ever are not there for the family. All the all the posts that you make with the boys. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, you're clearly wholly, fully involved as a parent and working. And I think that, I mean, so many women out there look at that and go, well, yeah, it can be done because I think a lot of people fear like, if do I have a kid? Do I not? Can I do this? And I mean, we talked about right at the beginning of the interview, how busy you've been over the last year or so. And yet not once mm-hmm. have you neglected on the, on the parenting side yeah. of it, which is huge. Yeah, it's definitely challenging. You know, I think anybody out there who's a, who's a working parent is just, it's, it's a huge challenge. And I think, the thing for me is being present where I am. Um, like I used to try and like be with my kids and like answer emails Mm -hmm. and it was just, it was stressful. And if anybody who's a parent knows, like the second you get on a, on a phone call around your kid, that's when they need to talk to you. Like they've been ignoring (laughs) you for the past hour. And then the second you get on a phone call, they're like, mom, mom, mom. So I just, um, I stopped trying to do both. And it basically, it, it means you, sacrifice some things like there are just times where I'm like no I'm not available to go on that meeting because I have my kids in that in that time Mm -hmm. and so that just it it's it's made everybody's stress level go way down to just be where I'm at and to be realistic and honest about my limitations with the people in my life to not try and please everybody um, and to just go like, sometimes I have to tell people, I'm like, I'll see you in three months. Right. Like, I literally <laughs> do not right now because of my commitment to my kids and these projects. And mm-hmm. that's where, what's bringing me life and joy. I'm like, I like literally we can go to lunch in three months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be willing to, to disappoint people in, in order to, to serve these things that, that are high priorities. Right. And for me, that is being a good parent and, um, you know, being the best artist that I can be. I, I, lo- I love that. You have to be willing to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's so, that's a great thing. Cause I think a lot of people have a hard yeah. time doing Honestly, that. Honestly, I wish more people would. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like you got, you just need space away every exactly. now and then like, nope, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. So, um, um, so yeah. So what, what's coming up? We got the movie coming up. Uh, what's, what's the future look like for you? What, what do you have going on beyond the play beyond the Hallmark movies? We know you said you want to try to do 10 and you pitched one, but what, what's it looking like for you? Um, I mean, I've got the play for the next couple months. I'm finishing up a movie that I started last year called La Llorona that we, um, shot it down in Mexico Oh, nice! and, um, didn't finish. We have some underwater work to mm. do. Oh, cool. Um, wow. Yeah, that we need to do here in LA, and so I'm. I know I'm going to do that at some point this spring, and then the the play I think runs until the end of April, um, and then that's the kind of. I mean, that's what's exciting about my career is yeah. you never know what's coming next because you could be like, oh, I'm not doing anything, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're in Mexico or right. you're <laughs> in South America. That like you just you just never know. Yeah. Um, and, it, and most of it happens really quickly. So we'll see. The next, I know that I'm basically spoken for for all of spring. There you go. And then yeah. um, would like to do another movie for Hallmark this summer. And then we'll Very see. Very cool. Oh, absolutely. And then hopefully that, that follow up to a country. When yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, I, I should say, though, the movie that you just mentioned that you were filming, that uh, the, the Hallmark fans are going to love that one because there's a, there's another person from the Hallmark that you've done, what, two movies with, correct? Oh, yeah. Antonio's in it. Antonio yeah. Cupo. I've done two, um, two Hallmark movies with. Very He's nice. in La Llorona. But it's very different. It's very dark. It's a horror movie. Right. Like, wow. Let's <laughs> Absolutely. Valley, Valley of Bones, a great example. I yeah, mean, that was exactly. like a, a hardcore drama that was totally yeah. away from the romantic comedy type stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, and my character was not a, not a very likable character, certainly not a heart-centered um, character like most of the, the Hallmark characters are. Right. She was very closed, yeah. and um, that was a good challenge to be like, okay, how do I how do I play this character who's the lead of this movie who's mm-hmm. not particularly likable? Yeah. And doesn't want to be like she's very walled off um and that was a great challenge yeah that that the first scene early on with the sun where it's like she could like really oh the sun doesn't want to talk to me oh well yeah (laughs) i was like whoa this is different but yeah yeah, it was it was kind of interesting yeah it was honestly really crazy because getting prepared for this interview we were watching like different clips of what you've been in and stuff and we watched the george lopez episode (laughs) where you were a bully and we thought that was just so weird because you're like the nicest person ever You give her, you give her a good shove here. Take yeah. this pillow. I was like, "What is this going on?" Like, I forgot. Yeah, and I, there's so much. I was on this show that was short-lived when I was uh, playing teenagers, still called Birds of Prey. Uh-huh. Yes. I was a bully on that one too. And my line was something. I was teasing the main girl, and my line was like, "Hey, zipper girl." <laughs> so, like that's all I remember from it. And yeah. that, like that was the insult. Oh you know, my gosh, like that's a great. WB show, I think. And yes. I was like, hey, Different girl. Oh, you have no right, idea. You have like no that. idea. The fanboys just went crazy. Yeah. I just went crazy because I'm, I'm a geek. I'll admit, I'm a comic geek. Birds of Prey was an awesome show. I hated that yeah. it got canceled. Oh my God, so. you know it. Oh yes, God, of course funny. I know it with Black Canary and Batgirl. And, oh, yeah. Like, I was, yes, it was huge. And I'll tell you what else. I, it was awesome to see you with another, like, fanboy geek moment. Uh, Kevin Weissman and Human Target. Oh, my goodness, I went back yeah. and watched Human Target. Oh I watched it. Yeah, when it was first on, but then I was streaming it again, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute!" I Autumn's know, in here. Yeah, yeah. Autumn's in it. I didn't even realize, but so and now he's on like a, a Marvel show with a bunch of my other friends, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah Runaways. Runaways. Oh, now she's yeah. really killing it with yeah. the fanboys. We love Runaways too. She really so, is. And I'm sure you saw. We all, all of us here, we were like, when they announced that they were cast in Lois on Supergirl, we're like, yeah. please, please. Yeah, we please, were pushing well. for like, you. <laughs> I mean, uh, you guys are sweet. You would definitely be a kick-ass Lois Lane. Yeah, There's no definitely. doubt about it. I mean, that, that would be kick-ass. <laughs> so, okay, fanboys are checked. Right, Hallmarkies right. are checked. One, what else do we one, have? One more fanboy reminiscing about some of your previous characters. I just got done watching Entourage, and man. Oh. Oh, Talk yeah. about a strong female character when she's sticking up to Ari. That was just epic. Lizzie yeah. Grant. She, she's my favorite, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> Liz, Lizzie Grant, I think, is my favorite character of all time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the way, yeah. The, just yeah, just brilliant. your interaction with Piven was just honestly amazing. I loved that. It, that was so much fun. I, I learned a lot from playing that character, too, because she was so outspoken and sure of herself. Mm-hmm. And that, that was not how I felt in my life during during that period of time. And so... I learned a lot from from stepping into her shoes. Yeah, Very Lizzie, nice. Lizzie didn't take any shit. No, she did it. <laughs> she was like not going to do she it. She was like, "Listen, you did this to me, so I'm going to expose you to the world." And, yeah, and- exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Deadline? Yeah. What? Uh oh. But um, we 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 have to because I mean we can't do an interview without you and not mention because fans would cut the OC. The OC. Obviously. I mean, I think everybody Taylor Townsend, right? Uh, it's like insane the amount of people that you have that that are fans of yours and follow still to this day from the OC. Yeah. Thank goodness. I know that show meant a lot to a lot of people and mm-hmm. sort of that character and so. I feel really lucky that I was a part of it. Yeah, I, I mean, huge. And and who knew, right? He ended up on a fanboy show of uh, Gotham. Yeah, uh, Commissioner know? Gordon. Yeah, Ben. Oh, yeah, ben, that's yeah. right. So it's all connected. Exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah, that, that, that was hilarious. She posted the other day or something like with the robe. And it's like, didn't I wear this in OC? And it just blew up. Yeah. OC, You're OC, like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, my. And I, suddenly, I was thinking about that when I was wearing it. I was like, why do I own this? Because it's not my style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had it forever. And I was like, what? Where on earth? And then I was like, I think this has to have been from a show. Oh my goodness. This has to have been from a show. And then I suddenly was like, I think this is from the OC. And luckily everybody confirmed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quickly. Yeah. Yes. It's this episode. Yeah. episode. I was like, wow. Oh, um, so good. I know. And the costumer from the show confirmed it. Oh. On, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Too, Claire, you would know. Yeah, you would. <laughs> and then she sent you the bill. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, also, though, I, I want to bring up, too, for people who don't know, because uh, and they should be following you on Instagram if they don't, you are a fantastic photographer. Yeah, seriously. Um, the the, the oh, pictures you. that you post are just absolutely beautiful. You really have, like, an eye to capture this stuff. Yeah. It's one of the things I love the most following it is seeing all the yeah. different locations when you're filming or just on vacation yeah. and these beautiful shots Oh, that my goodness. Get. The bookstore one? Was, yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was really cool. the bookstore one was epic. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, when Thank you're in you. the mountains or wherever, you just have a real eye for it. And, and keep doing that, please, because and there's an Thank avenue you. there, too. You could totally be behind a camera Definitely. somewhere. Definitely. That's what I love about Instagram, too. I love being able to communicate visually. I mean, I was an artist first. I was trained as an artist growing up, and I had an art scholarship, and um, my dad was a photographer, and I took a lot of photography classes, and so I always thought that was um, something that I would pursue, um, but then obviously went and followed the, the acting route, and so it's been really nice with the invention of Instagram Absolutely. to sort of get, get to share that side of myself with people too. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. You could definitely, I mean, uh, you, I, there's like every now and then there's like, oh, I wish you would sell that one. I wish right? I could buy like, that uh, one. <laughs> like, like seriously. Well, I'll take it on an iPhone. I know every now and then I start going like, Oh, I should get my camera out again because I used to shoot on film. And then I finally like updated to like a good Canon digital, Ooh, but nice. the ease of the iPhone is just, it's so yeah. hard to beat. I, I think if I was realistic with myself, I'm like, I'm not going to be taking a, a full analog camera everywhere. I just know yeah. myself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Again, knows her. Li- I, yeah. It's just fantastic. So real too. Plus, I got to imagine with the kids and everything, that'd be a little difficult right. to carry all the gear <laughs> yeah, around. Exactly. All the time. That's when I stopped taking photos of my actual camera when I had kids, and then it was like, okay, so I'm gonna travel with my camera and the diaper bag and uh. the bottles and all of this stuff, and it was just the camera was the first thing to go. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> completely understand. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, but so yeah, just I, like I really want to stress this for people who aren't following you, and and we've we've. Gonna put you up your social media handles and everything, but Instagram especially because you're you're just. 
very inspirational, be it the pictures that you post or the, the, the comments that you leave, or I love the quotes every day and the different things that you do. Um, I just, I think your society needs more people like you, somebody who's been through some stuff, but didn't let it take it down and finds the positive in everything and can somehow, you know, let people know that everything is okay. And I just, if there were more people like you, I think society would be far better. Thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and so everybody follow her autumn underscore research on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's hard not to be inspired by you. So yeah. And, and congratulations again on all of the success. Um, so love on the menu. That's uh, tomorrow night. It premieres tomorrow night. Uh, 7 p.m., right? I think it's at 8. 8? Well, I'm oh, in the central, so I always right, say yeah. I think it's at 8. Okay, 8 p.m. So 7 p.m. my time, but uh, <laughs> or anybody in the central zone. Um, so that's tomorrow. And then, uh, again, it kicks off. You kick off the play Too Much Sun when? March what? Uh, March 2nd. We open next weekend. And l- like I said, just best of luck with the play and everything that you're doing. And um, what we like to do uh, towards the end of the interview is we always like to have, because we do have a lot of listeners also that um, are trying to get into the industry or might be scared to take that jumper what advice would you have for somebody trying to get into the industry or maybe what pitfalls to avoid trying to get into the industry um get into acting class so many people get out here and they're like i need headshots and an agent and it's like no you need to learn how to do the job first that's right (laughs) you know it's it's like don't go and get all the tools and it's like people who are like gonna go skiing and they go buy all the ski gear but they have no idea they've never been skiing before (laughs) that's a great analogy hell yeah okay maybe just rent for a little bit like get your you know um it's that's how that's my advice like read everything you can and I don't mean just necessarily about the industry just read about stories like you're a storyteller so um you get to know yourself go to therapy I recommend that to everybody just period um and you're gonna need it in this industry (laughs) and um yeah and start training you know, don't worry about all the other stuff. It comes. Yeah, that's great advice. And mm-hmm. we can, we hear that from a lot. Almost all of our guests, that same advice, you know, classes, learn classes and train constantly. Um, who was it? I think William Daniels, Mr. Feeney said, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a professional auditioner. Exactly. You know, you're always yeah. kind of, you know, learning the craft. And so that's great yeah. advice. Um, yeah. Just, we couldn't be more happy that you joined us on the show today, honestly. Yeah. Um, just truly a wonderful person. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for putting positive content out there in the world. Of course. Uh, I mean, you know, I try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nearly as good at it as you are. I'm learning, but, uh, you know, I try. I think you're great. Oh, well, thank you so much. And so I, nice. So yeah. Nice. Like I said, we're all huge fans. My daughter just loves you. She hated she couldn't be here for the interview today, yeah. but... Um, so sweet. Well, well, okay. Open invite, by the way. Uh, yeah. If the uh, you know, we definitely want you to come back on and talk about the next project, uh, and especially the next Hallmark movie, um, or just anytime you want to come on and shoot the shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? anytime. Anytime. Thank Open you. invite. I Oh, yeah. We, like I said, we can't be uh, more appreciative that you came on. And we're going to let you go because I know you're probably headed back to doing something because you're always busy. So, um, back to more rehearsals. <laughs> there it is. Um, and th- thank you, Autumn. We really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, anytime you're wel- more than welcome. Thank you. It was really nice talking to you guys. You too. Thank you. Take care now. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye.
Oh man, those were some fantastic interviews. I just love listening to those over and over again. (laughs) Absolutely, man. I mean, there's a reason we call this the best love, right? Yeah, honestly, honestly. Thank you again, guys, for listening to this episode. Make sure to follow us everywhere at Crazy Ant Media, now located in L.A. Oh man, it feels so good to finally be out here. Uh, guest interviews soon coming to a studio near you. You'll be able to see us interview some of your favorite celebrities. Oh, That'll man. be so fun. That's going to be a blast. I can't wait for that. So if you're not following us on YouTube, you should probably follow us on YouTube. Yes, definitely, definitely. And make sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can find some merchandise. You can read our professional bios, and you can watch some of our previous interviews that we posted on YouTube as well. Make sure to follow us all individually, myself, at JLoFantastic, and... Crazy Ant Guy 1970. Yes, it is just great, just great. And like we said, we're in L.A. now, so we're doing a whole bunch of shit. So, yeah, be sure to follow us because we'll be posting all the time. Stay crazy, my friends. And one more thing. Oprah!